Hello, friends, and welcome to the Personal Arrogance Podcast, episode number 107, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am your host, Jesse Wilson, and with me this week, as always, is... Eric Walquist. Thank you for listening, listener. How are you, Eric? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am sunburned. Yeah, enjoying the weather a little bit. Yeah, I've been burned by the sun. See, I I work partially outside, mm-hmm. and... um. So I've been getting a wicked farmer's tan. Oh yeah, I got the biker's tan. Um, today I decided to wear, for lack of a better term, uh, my wife beater. Uh huh. To try and even out the tan, right? right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I got burned on all the area that were was previously <laughs> had been covered up by the t-shirt and uh, was now exposed. So now you have like the uh, you have like the you, it looks like you're wearing a t-shirt over a long sleeve shirt. But your long sleeve shirt is tan and your t-shirt is pink. Yeah, but okay. I, I'm also still white where the wife beater was. <laughs> the tank top over a t-shirt over a long sleeve shirt. So um, it also, I kind of look like Neapolitan ice cream. Excellent. That sounds that I'm actually a little hungry. <laughs> so that's how I am. Well, that's good. I mean, the two and a half weeks of Seattle summer have arrived and uh-huh. uh, almost over. So uh, exactly. <laughs> that's always I'm taking exciting. full advantage of it. Yeah, uh, but uh, another another harbinger of summer, as is as as people who know me know, I get very excited about the boys of summer, aka the boys, the men of Major League Baseball. Um, that sound that sounded a little more. That sounded different than I wanted it to sound. But okay. it's a it's a segue. So so come with me. Uh, we're <laughs> uh, this this leads right into my dedication this week. This week, we'll be dedicating the episode to the one and only Felix Hernandez, who today threw the first perfect game in Seattle Mariners history, and I couldn't be prouder. I feel like today should be an official holiday in the city of Seattle, and I feel like Felix Hernandez has established himself as the greatest pitcher in Mariners history today. He's better than Randy Johnson was, and uh, and I will stick by that fact, because it is a fact. Yeah, I think it, uh, that's pretty much the consensus at this point. Yeah, well, the but the craziest thing about this, okay, so there have been 23 perfect games in Major League history, right? Three of those perfect games happened this season. So that's never happened before. There's never been three perfect games in one season. But the craziest thing than that is that two of those three games, that perfect games that happened this season, happened at Safeco Field. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, so the Mariners got a perfect game pitched against them by some no-name from the White Sox. And then today, Felix Hernandez pitches a perfect game at Safeco Field. And the Mariners, earlier this season, at a game that I actually attended, no-hit the uh, the the Los Angeles Dodgers. So that means there have been three no-hitters pitched at Safeco Field this season. And uh, it's it's history being made right here in, right here in our own backyard, Jesse. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I heard someone saying that there was an article or something talking about the decline in, of hitting in Major League Baseball. Yeah, post and how it you know coincidentally um, is in the post steroid era. Yeah, well, I think that's hilarious because you know today kind of exemplified that point, but at the same time, Milky Cabrera, who's one of the top hitters in baseball, was suspended for fifty games today for a uh, for a, a positive drug test. Womp 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 womp. I know. Well, I think it's interesting. You know, it also plays into the debate. There's a lot of talk here in Seattle that they should move in the fences because 
Safeco Field is one of the hardest fields to hit at. Like I said, we get two and a half weeks of summer up here. So most of the time it's cold and humid, and th- those aren't conducive environments to, to home runs. And as we all know, this is a home run league. This is a stat-driven league. So they're saying it's really hard to get free agents to come here because historically when we brought in big boppers, you know, guys like Adrian Beltre, and they've, they've struggled a little more than, uh, than, than most uh, when they come to Seattle. So... Uh, so people are attributing that, 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 you know, these big name hitters don't want to come to Safeco field. They don't want to come and be a part of the Mariners. So they're talking about moving the fences in. That's pretty crazy. It's crazy that like, that's even an option. Yeah. I love the, I love that every, every team has its own ballpark and it can be whatever dimensions you want. Yeah. That's, that's so crazy. Yeah. Like in Boston uh, with with the green monster. I mean, uh-huh. the the right the left field wall out in Boston is something like three hundred and twenty eight feet or something. So it would literally it's like just past like the the shortstop kind of looks like he's standing in left field at, at Fenway Park. So they were just like, well, we'll just build a wall that's like sixty feet high, and guys are still hitting home runs over it because it's so close to them. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, um, baseball's an interesting sport. Congratulations, Felix. Congratulations to the king. And, you know, the other thing is that the crazy thing is that today my work team, we were supposed to go to the game, but, you know, work got in the way, so we didn't. But that would have been crazy if I would have been at the no-hitter earlier and the perfect game today. Yeah. <sighs> if only. You missed out. I missed out, man. Ah, uh, You would have been so jazzed. Oh, my God. I would have been. I was jazzed for the no-hitter. I was jazzed for, like, two days. I couldn't sleep that night because I was so excited. I was like, I will never see another no-hitter in my entire life. I got to see a no-hitter live. And then, like, two months later, Felix pitches a perfect game. And I'm like, damn it! <laughs> and he barely missed it. Barely missed it. That's a bummer. Well, uh, we also uh, want to highlight, before we get rolling here, uh, we want to highlight some viewer mail, or I guess some listener mail. Uh, that was sent in to us. Um, this one sent in from L. Smitty too. Uh, and uh, last week we were talking about whether or not ligers can mate. Um, and a, a liger has to be a male, t- a male lion and a female tiger. And I said it's probably about the barbed penis. But L. Smitty too set us straight. Uh, and uh, wanted to clarify the barbed penis thing. This is right from L. Smitty. He says all male cats have barbs. From the lowly house cat to the king of the jungles, lions and tigers included. Female cats are induced ovulators, meaning they do not release an egg unless mated. Being in heat just signals the male that they have eggs that are ready. Uh, The purpose of the barbs is to stimulate ovulation and pretty much ensure that a particular male will be the baby's daddy. Also because of this, each kitten litter can have a different father. The barbs are actually... That's so crazy. uh, Well, that's my sister has two cats that are brothers and they're completely different cats. One's like a black and white tuxedo cat, and the other one's this gray, like it uh, looks looks like a Russian, like a like a KGB agent. <laughs> uh, it's very intimidating. Um, they are they're all in James Bond movies, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Uh, it says the barbs are actually very tiny, and a vet once told me that's the equivalent of rubbing your skin against a piece of Velcro. Uh, yeah, but I'm still not saying that that's not something I want to mix with the with the sexual encounter. Let's keep the Velcro out of the bedroom, cats. Um, so it's not le- nearly as gruesome as, uh, gruesome as it sounds. Um, so uh, thanks for setting us straight, El Smitty. Uh, we appreciate it. We always, and uh, El Smitty's a new listener, so we're always excited to, 
to hear from new listeners. And uh, if you want to write us an email and set us straight on something, because guess what, guys? We're wrong a lot. Uh, you can go <laughs> ahead and email us at personalarrogance at gmail.com. And uh, you, another thing you could do, you can rate and review us on iTunes. And uh, we did get a new, a new rating here. And uh, it's actually a new slash old rating. This is from our old friend TJ Hawk. Um, a while back, we had a rate and review drive, and uh, we promised some totes. So TJ Hawk said, I still haven't gotten my free tote. And TJ Hawk, that's because we're still in the development phase for those. So we have some designs that we're vetting right now, but it's going to be at least two, three years uh, before we finalize the, the totes. But as soon as we get them, we'll send them off. Uh, second is, I sh- he says, I sh- shouldn't like this podcast because it's the exact opposite of who I am. I am slash was a jock. I have a bunch of kids. I'm about 10 years older than Jesse and Eric. I am a devout Catholic. I am still trying to grasp what all these con conventions are. I live in a flyover state. I do not know what a 20-sided die is. And to that I say, uh, I'm, I'm with you on all of those, actually. Jesse, I think those that pretty much describes us, uh, don't you? Uh, well, except for the 20-sided die thing. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, <laughs> but he says, but I'm pretty sure this is the best podcast on iTunes. Aw, oh, thanks. Uh, the recommendations wow. from Jim Jones and the other guy was surprisingly correct. Now send me my tote. Your tote is in the mail, okay, TJ Hawk? And thank you for your rating. If you rate and review us on iTunes, we'll also read your rate and review. So you can you can email us at personalargument.com. You can write and review us on iTunes. You can catch us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. You can comment on our stuff over at baldmove.com. There's so many ways to get in touch with us. Why aren't you talking to us? I, you just went back into uh, into fundraiser mode. I did. I'm sorry. To the rate drive. <laughs> the rate. The rate drive. So uh, please get on that and talk to us because we'd love to talk to you. And if you just if you want if we if you want us to hear your voice and play your voice on the podcast, give us a call 360-362-0024, and we'll play your voicemail on the podcast. That's it. That's all. That's all my uh, my rate drive for today. Um, all so, right. So Jesse, what are you drinking? Well, um, I'm drinking something that uh, I've never had before. It's called. Um Axes of Evil, and that's A-X-E-S. Mm-hmm. It's got a, a cartoony picture of people chopping each other up with axes. Okay. It's from Gigantic Brewing Company, which oh, is out I of Portland. Gigantic. I love their stuff, dude. That's like a new brewery right on the scene that I really dig big time. This is, yeah, this is the first time I've had anything by them. I love their stuff. Um, But I, w- I was reading the description of it, and uh, one thing that's real interesting is that... Uh, the malts, I, I guess they do their own malting, and they use Welsh coal oh. to malt the English uh, grain. So they're they're mm. purists in that way. They're That's... down to the very coal. Um, mm. But at the end of the description here, it says, brew for those of us that live and die in the Timbers Army and Section 8. And I don't know oh, how no, I feel about this that. Is, what? You're, drinking the, you're drinking the timber beer? I'm drinking the Timber beer. You understand that Red Hook as the ECS, the Emerald City supporter of Seattle Sounders beer. Uh, I know. I can support Gigantic Brewery. I cannot support the Timbers. <laughs> this is a very this is a very sports heavy show. This week I'm gonna be I I, I I am drinking the Sierra Nevada, just a regular old pale ale, but this is a great summer classic. And it's also a fall classic and a spring classic. So you can get it all year round. I love this stuff. I did have some Twilight Ale from Deschutes earlier, but I drank it all up, and that batch is delicious this year. So jump on that because that's their summer seasonal, and it's going to be going fast. All right. Well, that's 
That's great. Um, I think we should do a little tiny mat roll off let's and get the show cooking. Let's do a little tiny mat roll off. We're gonna each gonna roll a twenty sided die. Um, and uh, I, I'm using a new die this week because I've been on, I've been on a little bit of a funk lately. Um, so hopefully this this all works out. Whoever rolls highest gets to talk first. Let's let's give it a roll. I rolled a seventeen, Eric. Damn it! I rolled a three. <laughs> uh, continues. Law of averages. Okay, what's your first topic, J Dog? Um, well, I'm gonna tell you a little story, um, and then we can discuss how the story was reported because it's it's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, on July 11th, a man uh, named Hamza Bajwa okay. allegedly um went to uh, Fordham University, which I guess is in Massachusetts. Uh, to make a transaction, he was going to buy close to five billion uh, magic coins, which are the RuneScape currency. Okay. And uh, he was going to pay three thousand three hundred dollars in real life money. Okay. So the guy who was selling the coins, he didn't go himself. I guess he stayed at home and sent his friend to go collect the money. Okay. While he's he waited to make the transaction, and um, during the transaction uh humza allegedly um was using some currency that seemed fishy that mm -hmm. didn't seem like real american money and the guy called him out on it and uh he suddenly left said he had to leave and uh however they wanted to continue the transaction the next day okay <laughs> so the next day uh humza allegedly comes back and uh the other guy brought a real hundred dollar bill to uh compare it to his money uh -huh. and you know just to be like show him what a real hundred dollar bill looks like and not get gypped at which point allegedly Hamza pulled out a bb gun that looked like a real firearm and uh forced him to make the transaction anyway without um without paying any money and robbed this guy of five billion of this runescape currency okay so uh now he's being prosecuted and faces up to 15 years in jail for stealing yeah that's grand RuneScape theft. money that's grand yeah. theft exactly that's what it is so yeah. uh this was reported in the new york post nypost.com okay and uh let me tell you how they decided to open up this article okay this is their quote he turned a real life crime to feed his virtual addiction mm. and they basically play this whole thing out like he's a video game addict and this was his desperate attempt to get a fix god it's really bizarre especially since i've never played runescape but i'm guessing you don't need five billion coins <laughs> in that game well it, it, apparently it's a free it's a free to play online multiplayer game one yeah. of these online multiplayer uh, MMORPGs. Yeah, and it's browser based. <laughs> yeah. I did a little. Yeah. I did a little research to see what RuneScape's all about. Right. Um, but it's just really weird that they that they decided to paint this. I mean, it's well, pretty it obvious is. what happened here, right? Is. Yeah. He saw he saw a commodity. Mm -hmm. He used a fake gun to steal that commodity right. for profit. Yeah. Presumably, yeah. it's not like he was going to go spend all five billion of these coins in the uh, RuneScape store. Right. And I don't know, like, what is it do you think that makes them decide to make it like a video game addiction thing? 
it's always a video game thing. I mean, it always comes back to this. It's like, uh, you know, I saw this great uh, political cartoon that was that was posted on Reddit uh, like last week, and it was it was like you know shooting uh, shooter kills seven people. Uh, apparently, he uh, you know was was really into guns, played video games, and had suicidal tendencies. And then the other person's like, "Video games, you say?" Like it's like that's what you're gonna hone in on. I mean, yeah, exactly. We live in a society where video games are villainized uh, at every turn. But uh, the fact of the matter is, it's video games are becoming way too mainstream to keep pulling this shit. <laughs> like, I mean, I think the fact that there is a commodity within a video game, within a video game, that is worth that much money is a pretty amazing thing, and it shows how far video games have really come. I mean, Yeah, it is really weird, um, especially when you think about, like, Chinese gold farming. There are people mm -hmm. that, like, play World of Warcraft and just farm World of Warcraft gold right. and support themselves in the real world using that. Well, you heard about the, the Chinese gold mining slaves, right? <laughs> Basically, they, they had some prisoners who were doing that for free. Wow. They're a mining world of work, Warcraft gold. This is a virtual world. I mean, it's absolutely crazy that we've gotten to the point where you can actually steal in-game items in real life. Yeah. Uh, the, when I used to play World of Warcraft, uh, I was friends with a Chinese gold farmer, and he was hilarious. <laughs> that sounds we like, just the, that sounds like the greatest have... memoir of all time. I was friends with a Chinese <laughs> gold farmer. He, we would have weird like conversations in broken English, and my favorite part about him is he would get on the world chat and try and pick up chicks. Well, you know, if you can have if you can have virtual money, you can have virtual poontang as well. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Um, there's there's more examples of uh, RuneScape related crime, actually. Um, mm. I, I looked this up. There was a 23-year-old a British man was uh, arrested for stealing people's characters and goods uh -huh. online, I guess, by just phishing. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, in 2007, going away from uh, RuneScape, a, gr a gang of Dutch teenagers were arrested um, after stealing $6,000 worth of virtual furniture. <laughs> In a game from players of Habo Hotel, a chat room and gaming website. Uh huh. So yeah, and, and then there's another one. And um, if you if you get virtual furniture from virtual IKEA, do you still have to assemble it yourself? <laughs> you need a virtual Allen wrench. <laughs> yep. Um, and that costs real life money. It does. And then in in 2009, um. Someone who was playing, uh, an Australian man who was playing EVE Online, he somehow managed to steal um, 200 billion of the EVE Online credits, which uh -huh. he used to make a down payment on a house. Wow. Yeah. And then finally, my favorite one is uh, in October last year, a Japanese woman was arrested by police. I don't know why it has to say arrested by police. <laughs> Um, arrested after um, hacking her virtual husband to death in a virtual game, MapleStory. I don't even know what that means. Does, does she kill him in real life? 
Well, if you die in Maple Story, you die in real life. Oh, it's the, it's like the ma- oh, they get the ma- ma- Maple Story, like the Matrix. Very <laughs> yeah. similar. Uh, it's also where you get the Maple tradition on May Day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I think that uh, I just think it's great that that um, like us nerds we're we're figuring out new ways to to create crime. <laughs> like this is just crazy to me. It it just shows you that where there's money, there's crime. I mean, I really I really want them to make a primetime drama called Nerd Crime. Nerd Crime, man. I, I I'm I'm just that. waiting for the Kickstarter mon- money laundering scheme. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the perfect way to launder money. That could just... be a nerd, an episode of Nerd Crime. Nerd Crime, baby. Law and Order Nerd Crime. <laughs> Only if I see it. I has to be in it. Yo, I play World of Warcraft. Uh... Yeah, I'll sell you my virtual money. <laughs> I love it. He could be like the. He could be like the 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 bait. <laughs> yeah, or or he could go talk to teenagers. When I was when I was your age, I was just like you, <laughs> holding up fools, taking their gold <laughs> online, online, ganking bitches. Getting, Life was good. Getting uh, getting BB guns, stealing rune credits. <laughs> but there's only there's only two ends to that story. You end up in jail, or you end up in the graveyard. And everyone knows when you end up in the graveyard, that does twenty five percent damage to your items. <laughs> And everybody starts nodding. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a choppy world out there, guys. So when you when you yeah. plug in, be sure to keep an eye out. Let's be vigilant, people. I just find it weird that if this if this guy had stolen anything else, it wouldn't be a video game addiction thing. Mm-hmm. It's just that the the commodity he chose to steal was a virtual commodity, and now suddenly he's a video game addict trying to get a fix. Right. Eh. Yeah. Yellow journalism. Yellow journal. Well, it is the New York Post. That is that is a tabloid. You realize? I I don't know anything about <laughs> anything. Well, uh, well. Is it really a tabloid? Yeah, it's a tabloid. Oh, well, it's like the go. closest thing that the United States has to a British tabloid. I digress. Uh, I'm going to move on and just talk about my video game addiction, uh, since that seems to be the, the topic of the day. Um, so as you know, PAX is coming up in two weeks. I can't believe it's so close. I could feel the radiation from I the convention center. I can't believe it's that close either. I know. Two weeks. I thought I, it really snuck up. I know. It really snuck up on us. I, uh, I'm very, very excited about this. So I wanted to talk about uh, today. I kind of want to do a, a kind of a kind of a lead up to PAX as it becomes closer and closer. We're going to have a great PAX this year. We got, of course, the great Aaron Kirkhoff coming out from the Breaking Good podcast. He's going to come out to Seattle, hang out with us. He's going to do a little podcasting with us. Um, we also got Yuri Walkiev and the Hex Nineteen crew are coming down. It's going to be a big deal, and we're very very excited about it. Um, but we're doing this lead up to PAX. Uh, and so this week, I want to focus on video games and the video games that I hope to see there um, and uh, and that I'm most excited about. It's kind of crazy, Jesse. I haven't bought a video game this year. You have not? No. Hmm. The last video game I bought was Skyrim. That's the last one I bought, too, now that I think about it. Except I bought a ton of them on Steam sale. Well, yeah. I'm talking I about, haven't like, bought a console game. Yeah, I haven't gone to a store and bought a, a disc. Right. 
Um, but unfortunately for me, uh, there's a, a a wind is a, is a brewing in the we in the West, and uh, and there are some big games that I that I've wanted all year, and I'm very eagerly anticipating. Um, and I kind of just want to get your take on it and see uh, if you're excited about any of these at all. And I'm going to go in chronological order. Uh, so I'm going to start off on August 28th. So that's two days before, two or three days before PAX. You're you're in my favorite sports simulator. Madden is going to be released to the world. Now, are are you excited for Madden 13? Are you going to get it? I'm gonna I'm going to get it. Yeah. Um. Madden 12 it was a little janky. Just I think the lockout. Yeah, it was walkout. Yeah. had something to do with that. It was so. wonky, man. It was it, there. There are so many like little things in that game that I find so. They're just kind of funny. Like yeah. they show like a huddle, and they show the quarterback in the huddle like calling the play before they kick off the ball, and like little things like that are really weird in that game. So hopefully, they, hopefully they polished all that stuff out. Are there any features in Madden 13 that you want to see that weren't in Madden 12? Oh jeez, I don't know. I don't. I don't really care about the features so much. Okay. I, I guess I haven't gone that deep, but uh, I just. I just want a good. I I want it to be fun when you're playing football. That's all I want. See, and this this is where it sucks you in, Jesse, because I have been in the in the in this vicious cycle for quite a while with these sports games, because uh-huh. once you get one, then when the next season rolls around and you're like, hey, I want to play Madden, and you plug it in, you put in the game, and especially Jesse, now that you're following football, this is an even bigger bug for you, because. Uh, you're going to be watching a game, and there's going to be some breakout stars this season. There are always breakout stars, and you're going to be like, I want to play as that guy. And then you you get the game, and you, you put in Madden 12, and he's either a rookie, so he's not in Madden 12, or he was really crappy last year, yeah. so he's really crappy in Madden 12. And so you have to get the new game. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really only getting it because I know you're getting it. Yeah. I'm very... And I want to play. I want to play. Yeah. Uh... All right. I gotta. I gotta recreate my whole league though, because you know I got yeah. the. I got the Fargo Badlanders. I got the Santa Fe Enchanters. I got. You the... can't import that stuff. No, the Mexico City Moctezumas. <laughs> I gotta recreate all these teams. Um, but I'm very very excited about it. Uh, so chronologically, the next game that I'm very excited to come out is going to be on October 16th, 2012, and I really can't wait. I know that there's got to be a hands-on for, uh, for this for PAX, uh, but Bioshock Infinite is going to be coming out on October 16th. Yeah. And I think this is my most anticipated game of the year. I'm, like, extremely yeah, excited about Yeah, I think that's probably this. fair to say. It's like, Bioshock is such an excellent game. And, like, Bioshock 2, Ken Levine did not have a lot to do with that game. This is, like, Ken Levine's open. This is his Dark Knight this is Ken Levine's <laughs> Dark Knight after creating Bioshock. So I'm very, very excited to play Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, well, you know, I've never played any of the Bioshock games. so You've never played Bioshock? No, I never did. Why not? I know. It's weird, right? Yeah, Bioshock is the first... I, I actually came with my Xbox. So it was the first game I played on Xbox. And I like put it in at like 10.30 at night. And nobody was in my dorm room. And it was very dark. And I was freaked out, and so I, I didn't play it for like another two weeks because I was so scared by the game. Uh, but then when I finally when I finally played through it, I just could not, uh, could not p- 
put it down. It was, it's such a great game. And, like, just a great single-player experience. Like, you don't really find that a lot in video games today. It's just that great single-player experience. Like, you find in, like, a Mass Effect. But, of course, they kind of botched that. But, like, that that great single-player experience, That I feel like that's so valuable. You know, like like you with Skyrim. Yeah, that that it really is. I think the that's the best experience you can get from a video game is just mm-hmm. a fantastic single player experience. Something like in Skyrim, maybe, or yeah. I mean, Red Dead Redemption. Oh yeah, absolutely. Something like that. So, uh, uh I don't know. I'm not gonna buy it, but uh, I'll watch you play it. All right, maybe you could borrow it. <laughs> you should borrow half. You should borrow Bioshock, dude. I have. Yeah, borrow. I'll borrow that and uh, I'll play through that in a weekend all, or something. All right. Well, I got to get through uh, Bioshock Infinite in one week because on October 20th. I know. Borderlands 2. Oh, that's. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I can afford to buy all these games that are coming out. I really want Borderlands 2, but I just don't know if I can afford it. I know. That's the thing. This is like this is like the last one on my list, but I know Levi's going to get it. And it's just such a great co-op experience. Like I feel like Borderlands gives you the greatest co-op experience. It's true. It's really good. I do really want it. I don't know. We'll see if I get it or not. Regardless, if you guys all get it. Yeah. I might. I might cave. Dude, regardless, I'm very excited to get a hands-on at PAX. Like I'm not a big. I'm not big on going to the convention floor usually and getting hands-on with games. But like I, I gotta get hands-on with Bi- Borderlands Two, and I gotta get hands-on with Bioshock Infinite. Like I yeah, really want to, I really want to play these games. And that's gonna be all you do because those yeah. lines are gonna be so long. <laughs> I know. And then uh, the last one, and this is coming out in December, uh, but of course, it, there's no official release date yet, but it will be coming out in December for the holiday season, and that of course is Halo Four. Yeah. Extremely. Well, that's, you know exciting. that's a must buy for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how I think you... that's a must-buy for all of our immediate friend group. Yeah, our gamer group is very... It's just it's just a requirement. Because like, we're going to have to get Halo 4, and then we're going to have to play through it uh, on co-op mode all the way through in one day. And that's just the way it is. I'm very yeah. excited about this. We need to make a fun drinking game for that. Oh, I was, I, I was just doing great by myself. <laughs> when we played <laughs> through reach <laughs> i was pretty lit by the end of that but uh every time eric gets a friendly fire kill take a drink <laughs> every time eric dies to take a drink people oh are god gonna... we get so drunk yeah we would get protect eric <laughs> so do, is, is halo 4 a hands-on must for you at uh at pax you know i kind of feel like i'm gonna get it anyway yeah and um, I, I mean, it's gonna be more Halo. It's mm. not like it's not like it's gonna change my life or anything. So I don't think it's a hands-on must. Yeah, I don't think it's. A it hands-on depends must. how long the lines are. Mm. Halo actually in the past has done pretty well at getting a lot of people to actually have a meaningful experience when they go to PAX. So yeah, well, it's great because you a- could just throw everybody into a multiplayer game. Everybody already knows how to play, and you get yeah. one game in, and you feel like you feel pretty fulfilled. And also, Microsoft does a great job of giving people seats when they play. They're usually like yeah. little benches that you could sit on instead of having to stand there after standing in line for three hours to play the game. Yeah, so I would actually like to, if I can, if they're doing multiplayer, it'd be fun to get a game a multiplayer game of halo 4 in there yeah 
And I'm also excited. Uh, Assassin's Creed Three is coming out. I don't think that's a must uh, hands-on for me, but I think I really, I'm really excited about the setting for that because I've always wanted to have a Revolutionary War era game. Honestly, I think that that setting is very, very cool. So we'll see how that goes. And there is like a little bit of a rumor floating around around Gamescom, and that's that uh, that uh, they they released a, a a PDF on their website. Gamescom is the big. P- it's basically a PC-centric uh, c- convention in Germany um, every year, and uh, and they released a PDF on their website that said that 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 announced all of the games that are being announced there, and one of them was Half-Life Three on the list. Yeah, apparently. And if this happens, there's going to be major aneurysms. <laughs> there's going to be major head crabs going along with this. Uh, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that it's not going to happen, but it sounds like a very, uh, if, if it is, this could possibly be the biggest gaming announcement in a very long time. And I can't imagine that if they announce it at Gamescom, that there won't be some kind of Half-Life 3 presence at PAX because Valve is a company here in Seattle. So yeah, you'd think that, Uh, who knows? I'm just getting way too excited for PAX, Jesse. Well, um... Calm down. Okay. Breathe. Yep. It'll be here soon. Okay. And uh, just take it in stride. <sighs> All right. Well, like we said, we will have uh, our bald move compatriot. Aaron Kirkhoff is going to be out here for that. So uh, stay tuned. Um, we always do. Uh, we always do casts uh, from packs. We try to do daily wrap ups, and we do our annual Paxies awards, where we give out the best, worst, and weirdest of packs every year. So don't want to miss those episodes as they're coming up in just two weeks. Um, so now it's time to move on to our little tiny break uh, in the show. And as we are wont to do on this show, we are going to be playing some Trivial Pursuit trivia. Um, I'm going to go ahead and roll a six-sided die to see which category we'll be uh, questioning this week. And it's four, which I believe is literature. Arts and literature, our favorite category. Ready? So we're going to be playing Genus 1 of Trivial Pursuit. Please play along at home. Um, And away we go. Jesse, this first question is for you. What actress holds the record for the most appearances on the cover of Life? Um, Did you actor or actress? Actress. Um, I'm going to say Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, I was going to say that too. I'll say Betty White. She's had quite a life. Elizabeth Taylor. Ah, that was my second guess. Elizabeth Taylor is the answer. Okay, this one's for me. Please play along at home. What cartoonist created a two-way wrist radio? Uh, That would be the cartoonist who created Dick Tracy, I believe, but I have no idea who that is. So I'm going to say Douglas Adams. I'm going to say Scott Adams. Okay. Chester Gould. And I meant Scott Adams. I didn't <laughs> the Hitchhiker's Guide and Dilbert. I always get those two things mixed up. Basically very, the same thing. Yeah, very similar storylines. Uh, so Jesse, this one's for you. What fabled bird sprang to new life from the ashes of its nest? The phoenix, obviously. I'm gonna go with Big Bird. <laughs> uh, phoenix is correct. You are up one to nothing. I got to get this one right, or else you win everything this week. And my question is, what was Cinderella's real name? Uh, I'm going to go with Margaret. It wasn't Cinderella? 
No, they called her Cinderella because she like cleaned a lot, and so she would like cl- and cook. So she would have the cinders from the fire, would like put ashes I on her face. I never knew that. Yeah, I gotta say Samantha, Ella. All right, huh, Jesse, you win weird. everything this week. Well, um, that brings me into my second topic, and I'm I'm going back to. Is it worse than a punch in the face? I love this. I love this so much. I feel like, um, Mark, if you're listening, this needs a musical intro. Oh, that's true. Uh, yes. Shout so, out to Mark ba- Griffin, who uh, composed our uh, intro and outro music. Yes, exactly. Um, so uh, if this is your first time listening, I will bring up a series of topics and ask Eric uh, whether or not it's better or worse than a punch in the face. So, uh, this is... Last week, everything was worse than a punch in the face. Yeah, hopefully this week, um, there'll be some things that aren't aren't quite as bad. Okay. So, a player was caught, um, cheating at the Scrabble National Championships. Oh, I heard about this. He was hiding blank tiles and apparently, uh, got busted. It doesn't seem like, um, it's even a good way to cheat because eventually all the tiles are going to be on the board and someone's going to be like, wait a minute, there's three blank tiles here. Exactly. It's, it's got to be a very calculated, uh, cheat. Like basically I think he would try to use a blank tile as soon as he could and then hope he would get a blank tile. I don't know. I don't understand how this cheat works. Well, apparently it doesn't because Mm -hmm. he got busted and kicked out. Are we sure they aren't cufflinks? I'm pretty sure. So, Eric, is um, getting kicked out of the Scrabble National Championships, <laughs> is that better or worse than getting punched in the face? Uh, I would say that's better. Okay. I, I would rather better get than kicked, punch in the face. I would rather get kicked out of the Scrabble Championships than get punched in the face. Okay, so this next one is, is uh, something taken out of my own life, my own real life. Mm. Um, I've been... Uh, I listen to podcasts a lot, obviously, okay. mm-hmm. and um, so I listen at work, which means I have to pause it a lot and uh, you know get you know talk to someone or do something, and then uh, when I have some downtime, I'll start listening again. I go back and forth a lot, so I'll I'll start and stop a podcast maybe like ten times, uh-huh. and um, the play button on my iPod Touch is nestled right between the skip forward button mm. and the skip back button. Yeah. And I always hit the back button, and it just takes me to the beginning of the podcast, and Damn then I have it. to go find exactly where I was again. Yeah. It's a huge annoyance, and Eric, is it better or worse than getting punched in the face? Um. Well, you know, Jesse, this can be solved if you just look at the time code when you pause it. And then you I know, but I'm going to do that every time, especially if someone like needs something or is trying to get my attention. I, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say your recovery time on finding where you were in the podcast is going to be quicker than your recovery time from being punched in the face. So I'm going to say that this is, uh, this is better than being punched in the face. I would take a punch in the face if it meant never having to well, that's accidentally one, hit the butt, back button again. Is see, is this a, is this a specific instance, or is this every every time from from now to eternity? That's you can interpret the question, however. Okay, well, I'm saying it's better. <laughs> okay, so um, our friends over in Hungary, um, mm-hmm. the nation, not the s- status. 
of food. Um, <laughs> Not the emotional state. So a uh, a rising star in Hungary's far right Jobbik party. Um, the guy's name is Kasaned Szegedi. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a he was a, no- a notorious individual. He was a member of their parliament, and uh, he was very radical in his uh, denouncing of the Jews. Uh-huh. They accused them of buying up the country and uh, desecrating national symbols. This is what's this is what's really interesting to me is that politics in other countries, you know, with the multi-party systems and stuff, there are a lot of flaws with the American two-party system, but. It's crazy to me in like other countries, like when you, you know, in, in this country, we like to throw around terms like socialist or communist or fascist. But in other countries, there are actually socialist, communists and fascists in, yeah. like, in the government, like yeah, actually running. As long shit. as they can get like two percent of the vote, they get to send in their skinheads. Yeah, it's crazy. It is pretty crazy. Well, what's even crazier is this one guy who was kind of a political hotshot uh-huh. on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um he found out that uh, on his mother's side, he's fully Jewish. That means he's yeah. That means he's fully Jewish. Yeah, by Jewish law, yeah. he's Jewish because it and comes then, through um, your mother's line. So if your mom's so, Jewish, then you're then you're full Jew. Yeah. Huh? So uh, some prisoner found this out and uh, told him, and then uh, this guy, Mister Zizgetti. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to bribe him with a bunch of UN money and a UN job, but apparently this prisoner, um, he wasn't taking the bribe and exposed him, and now he got kicked out of his own party. I think that's great. I just think the whole thing is, uh, I, so you, you Eric, gotta love to it see is, it. You gotta love is to see getting it. Kicked, is getting kicked out of your neo-fascist party for being actually Jewish <laughs> and you didn't know it, is that better or worse than getting punched in the face? Uh, well, for him, it's probably pretty humiliating. Uh, but for everyone else, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty hilarious. That's so, I'm gonna. S- I don't know. I don't know. Is this a draw? I guess. I guess it's a draw based on point of view. Because for him, it's really worse than a punch in the face. But for everybody else, it's just hilarious. <laughs> okay, I have one last one. Uh huh. This is taken again from the pages of my own very life. Okay. Uh, say you're say you're cooking a nice meal for yourself or for someone else, and you're excited about it. It's smelling good. It's looking good. You you're ready ready to eat. But before you eat, you think, ah, I'll be wise. I'll do a little bit of cleaning up while the dishes are still warm before they've gotten crusty and nasty. I'll just take the sponge and knock the food off, and then yeah. I'll be ready to eat. Okay. And say you're making a hamburger. You sit down to eat your hamburger, and you bring the food to your mouth, and you realize. I got sponge hands. Sponge hands, man. The flavor and the scent of your delicious meal is totally overridden by uh, your now stinky sponge hands. Is it, so is a stinky sponge, is there a hint of soap? There's a hint of soap. Oh, and God. It's just that unique sponge smell. Yeah. Um, so my question to you, is that better or worse than receiving a punch to the face? Worse. Definitely worse. It's- yeah, I agree. Sponge hands, are, oh my god! So like, there's also uh, you know, some people like to cook. Like if there's stuff that's been caked onto a pan, they like to cook it on the stove in like hot water. They'll just like simmer it for like a couple hours. Maybe put a little uh-huh. bit of soap in there. That is the worst smell I've ever smelled. It's like hot, <laughs> simmering soap and, and and food grease. 
Yeah. I can't well, do it. I can't do that, it. That's basically sponge hands. Yeah, that's sponge hands, man. Ugh, I hate sponge hands so much. Yeah, plus they're like just just a little bit moist. Yeah, just, just all just getting right into that bun. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Ruins the whole meal. Yeah. I keep falling for sponge hands. See, I think I'm smart and getting ahead of the ball, ahead of the cleanup ball. Mm-hmm. But no, no luck. Well, you know, you could also use a paper towel. Be anti-environment. That's true. I do hate the environment. Yeah. We really need to. You should focus on that. It'll it'll solve all your problems. Uh, <laughs> my hatred of the environment. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Jesse, for my second topic this week, I'm going to give you an option. I'm going to give you three topics, and you get to pick which one we talk about. Okay. This is a little bit of like a Jeopardy category. So you're going to pick our category. Are you ready? I am. Okay. First category is Beer Rock Obirma. Second category is Dance Till You Drop. And third category is Unintelligible Masterpieces. Hmm. I'm going to go with the first one. All right. Beer Rock Obirma. This is going to be something that I think you're going to be very excited about. That's why I chose it. All right. Well, apparently, so Barack, Barack, uh, Barack Obama, President Obama, he uh, is is uh, is campaigning, as one is wont to do when they are an incumbent uh, political candidate, and he's going around now. A couple days ago, he went to the Iowa State Fair, and for some reason, Obama at this point is really focused on beer, on mentioning beer. Uh, so a couple days ago, he he went to the uh, Iowa State Fair and he bought. Uh, a Bud Light for himself, uh, and he also bought ten Bud Lights for for the ten people behind him. Um, and then, uh, t- and then a day later, he was talking to a guy at an Iowa diner about his own home brewing uh, operation. And I'm not talking about the guy's home brewing operation. I'm talking about our president's uh, home brewing operation. Apparently, Obama is the first president in history to set up a home brew operation in the White House. Yeah, it's true. It's pretty exciting stuff. It is. Although I'm, I feel like Andrew Jackson probably had a home still. Yeah, I, that's, but they just didn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it does. It's not a. This is strictly beer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think Teddy did Roosevelt you, you had the, a bathtub of that shit. Did you, did you see all the pictures about like the, uh, everything that had to be done before he went and purchased the beer? Yeah, it's crazy. And I was thinking, because a Redditor actually served him the beer at the fair. So yeah. she took pictures of, like, the entire process of, like, the Secret Service coming up, uh, a bomb-sniffing dog checking the whole, you know, checking all the beer taps to make sure there wasn't a bomb in there. Uh, and then they, like, chose her. She's They're like, you are going to be selling this beer. Uh, yeah. You know, and they like wanded everyone down. Yeah, they wanted everyone down. It's just crazy. And I was just thinking that happens everywhere he goes. That's I know. Be how, like the how crazy would that be for you? Like that would drive me nuts. I would like run. O- I would sneak away from my security guards. I know. It's like first kid. Just <laughs> it's exactly like first kid, Eric. <laughs> it's exactly like that. It is. Here's the thing, though. It's like, is this Al Qaeda's new plan? Like, they've planted a bunch of people around yeah. state fairs nationwide yeah. uh, with the hopes. Well, that, I mean, uh, President Obama will show up. It is where it is where politicians go. Nobody, <laughs> nobody likes a stump speech as much as a state fair. Uh, well, remember, um, 
in like the 2000 election, it was either 2000 or 2004, uh, like the big decider factor for a lot of Americans was like, which which presidential oh, yeah. nominee would you rather get a beer with? Yeah. And it was George W. Bush. Oh, absolutely. And this is a very interesting stat. Actually, the uh, the Washington, uh, I believe it's the Washington Post, um, they, uh, they did a little bit of a study on this. And... <laughs> It's pretty interesting. Apparently, 40, 47% of independent voters have had a beer in the last week, as opposed to like 40% of Republican voters and like 38% of Democrat voters. So, wow. The, uh, the beer is the great indecider. Exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. Indecisive? Grab a beer. <laughs> Let's see. Should I vote for Barack Obama? Should I vote for Mitt Romney? Fuck it, I'm voting for Miller High Life tonight. <laughs> I'm voting for Sam Adams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a better example. <laughs> uh, it's, it is interesting to me, though. Uh, Barack Obama, he always drinks Bud Light when he's in public. And I'm like, I I understand that like, as a politician, you don't want to be like uh, snooty. But, I mean, it is supporting a small business if you drink a microbrew. And I That's... could I could understand if you don't want to look soft or whatever, you may not want to drink a Seattle or a Portland microbrew, but just get a microbrew from like Texas, like grab a Shiner Shinerbach or something, like yeah. Bud Light. Or, that's or... not it's not even an American yeah. beer anymore. A Black Star Lager. Yeah, that's the craziest part is that that's not owned by an American company. I will bet you someone's done studies and like has prepped like yeah. what is the what is the beer to buy if you want to get elected? Oh, I'm sure. Because he also, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a beer summit that happened uh, in 2009. And basically there was a, there was a uh, an incident. There was a lot of racial tension in it. Uh, a, a wealthy African-American man got locked out of his house. And so he tried to break in and he got arrested for trying to break into his own house. Um, and there's a lot of racial tension around it because um, one of his neighbors called him in. Um but so uh, Obama had a Obama had a, a beer summit where they all kind of sat down for a beer, and it was a little bit of a photo op. But in there, Obama also drank Bud Light. Yeah, a little bit of a photo op. Yeah. Uh, um, so I, but I don't know. I, I I am excited that that they've set up a homebrew operation in the White House. Uh, uh, uh this well, there is well, this is the first reported. Uh, well, this is the first reported homebrew operation in the White House. Of course, George Washington had his beer recipe, which I think we talked about on a previous podcast, uh, which which had a, a stifer full of bran hops to taste, uh, that which he boiled three hours and then strained out 30 gallons into a cooler and put in three gallons of molasses while the beer is scalding hot, then let it stand until it is more than blood warm, and then put a, in a quart of yeast, and then just let it ferment for 24 hours and then put it in a cask. But yeah, cast condition, baby. But uh, but Obama, he's making a honey beer, which I'm also like, guys, let's just have an IPA. <laughs> uh, that's uh, I guess he's not a hophead. I guess not. Uh, but uh, I I do think it's cool, and I hope this is a tradition that carries on because apparently it's it's just done by the White House uh, catering staff. They're they're yeah. the ones who actually make the beer, but it's made with honey that is harvested from the. White House's uh, bees. Apparently, there are bees kept there. Oh, they have bee boxes. I really want to start keeping bees. 
This is like the weirdest thing to be. I like this. This whole story has really opened my eyes that the White House is like some kind of weird, like Neverland ranch. <laughs> yeah, really is. Except there's like a tube underground to the Pentagon and yeah. a bomb shelter. <laughs> exactly. Although Neverland Ranch, you never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Neverland Neverland Ranch goes down to like those underground Area 51 bases. I just think that it's so weird that like they, it's like, yeah, we have a homebrew operation and we have bees. Like, what? Do you have a trampoline? <laughs> you have your movie theater? Like, what is this? It seems like they should have a swimming pool. It's the world's coolest uh, home office, basically. That's true. How many people live at the White House? Is it just the president's family? No, I'm sure there's a lot of people who live there. Plus, you That'd have, be uh, weird. Yeah, I know. I'm sure it's super weird. Uh, it's like the weirdest Does the dorm. vice president live at the White House? No. I think that technically, I'm sure there's like, nah, I don't know. Maybe they're the only people who sleep there. That'd it be weird seems... if they're like, Hey, Rumi. Yeah. <laughs> it's really strange. Uh, but it's where our president resides. So I feel like I wouldn't want to live there. Like, the White House can't be your home. It's like, I live at the White House. It's not the White House is my home. Yeah. Well, George Bush didn't. <laughs> he had the ranch. That's a good point. See, yeah. that's what I would do. I'd just ranch it up. Just ranch it up. All right. <laughs> well, uh... I think we've uh, we've we've vetted our topics enough uh, for this week, so I'll put those other two topics in the coffer, and maybe we'll see if they win in a future episode. But uh, but now I think it's time to do some recommendations. What do you say? I agree, Eric. Uh, my first recommendation is well, we we kind of covered it at the beginning of the show, but mm-hmm. get sunburned while you can. Yeah, that's true, man. Nobody's nobody's getting sunburned in December unless you hit the slopes. Yeah, or or you go to Australia. But yeah. I mean. Summer's almost over, so get get that sunburn. Get that burn. Get a healthy burn. <laughs> get the burn on. Feel the burn, baby. Uh, my my first recommendation. It's going to be a little bit of a of a shopping recommendation uh, for all those guys out there who are trying to look snazzy but are also trying to be on a budget. Uh, this is something I've done before, and I really enjoy it. And I'm actually doing it for my wedding, and uh, it's going to be Overstock.com for suits. If you want a suit, go to Overstock.com. We are all wearing zoot suits, right? We're going to be wearing yellow zoot suits uh, with a feather, but I don't know. Where, I don't know where to put the feather yet. I'm debating that, a couple of areas. That that totally determines the course of the marriage. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, a feather in the armpit means something completely different than a feather sticking out of your shoulder. Uh-huh. Uh, but I want a nice long pheasant feather. I'm thinking either that or a mm-hmm. peacock strut. Well, the peacock is for wealth, and the pheasant is for fertility. Oh, okay. So that's very important. Tough call. Yeah. So my recommendation is, seriously, guys, (laughs) wear sunblock. This is no fun. (laughs) I know. It's the worst. It's so bad. (laughs) I've avoided it this this summer. And I actually have a pretty, like I said, I have a pretty healthy uh, bike tan. So it's like Uh a farmer's tan, except it's shorts instead of jeans. So you get a little bit of a leg tan. Uh, yeah, my legs are still pasty white. Yeah, I have like a nice. It's it's a nice base coat. I think. I, I think I'm gonna avoid the burn this this summer, which is good. Nice. Nothing's worse have... than the itchy burn when you're trying to sleep. Yeah, that's that sucks. It feels like you're wearing a wool blanket, like no matter what. Yeah. I, I have a Neapolitan chest and albino legs. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> Neapolitan chest and in uh, vanilla legs. Yeah, extra vanilla down south. Your two scoops of... <laughs> Never mind. 
anyway. Anyway, I will say, if you are in that situation, I do have a remedy for that. It's a home remedy, and it actually works. Uh, if you have the itchy sunburn and you can't sleep, uh, take a blow dryer and okay. put it on the cool setting. Uh-huh. And then... Um, and then just cool yourself off with that. Because basically what the itch is is that you're trying to sweat, but you can't sweat through your glands without it itching. Mm-hmm. Because it's usually hot. So if you just cool yourself down with a nice cool blow dryer, then uh, all will be well with the world. I love it. Yeah. Oh. I might be taking part of that tonight. Okay. Well, my second recommendation, this is going to be an oldie but a goodie. I know we've recommended and talked about this on the podcast before, but for any new listeners or new listeners out there, um, you know, this week we talked about video games. Next week I'm going to try to make it a point to talk about board games. But one of our favorite board games and one that you have really have no reason not to own is Battle for Hill 218. Nice. And it's not even a board game. It's a card game. But uh, it retails for about $5. Yeah, so cheap. And it is a great two-player game that you can just play for hours and hours. It's just, it's just a strategic uh, war game that's really, really fun. Yeah. So I'm throwing my two cents that way. Yeah, that's a great recommendation. Ooh. Underrated that game. Very underrated. Um I feel like I've played it in public like dozens of times yeah. and I've always had people be like, "What's that game? Oh, that looks interesting." I've never had someone be like, "Oh, Battle for Hill 218." Mhm. It's just it's a it's like an indie hero. It is an indie hero. So, um so with that, uh we don't we're also as always going to recommend uh the Bald Move Network. We're a member of the Bald Move Network, and so are all of your favorite TV podcasts. So be sure to go to baldmove.com and get all your TV fixes. Right now, featured is the Breaking Good podcast, which is the number one Breaking Bad podcast on the internet. So uh, so be sure to go over there. Um, and I think that's about it. Do you have anything else, Jesse? No, no I just like that. It's the number one baking, uh, Breaking Bad podcast on the internet, but there's a lot of offline podcasts that a are lot just smoking it in numbers. Yeah, you have to you have to mail order them. <laughs> the mail order podcasts are just really killing them. Yeah, you have to mail order it, and they send you a cassette tape. Uh, it's four <laughs> four cassette tapes per episode. <laughs> yeah, the Breaking Analog cast. It costs twenty five dollars shipping and processing. <laughs> Uh, so that's about all we have for this week we'd like to thank you for joining us for another week here on the Personal Arrogance Podcast and please remember to keep in touch uh, and we'd like to remind you that wherever you go and whatever you do please stay stay arrogant. arrogant